Thank you. Um, we heard this morning a very powerful argument against a, uh, a coexistence of uh, communities against immigration and so on, in the sense that uh, immigrants would transform the uh, culture of a community and they would be uh, sort of huge between various communities and so on, as for instance, the example was both Estonian and Russian and so on. And I wonder if there is a libertarian argument that could come out of the Ottoman experience, where for hundreds of years, uh, various communities lived together in relative harmony, and Greeks and Armenians and uh, so on, as uh, Mr. Fakul has uh, reminded us uh, earlier. Um, what was constitutive of the Ottoman identity? Because if culture and so on is identity, I mean, how did people view themselves as the subjects of the empire or Greeks and have nothing to do with the Armenians, the Croatians, the Albanians, and so on? And what, what was the exact nature of their identity? Well, I will. Good question, thank you. Um, well, there can be an integration from God and Mark where libertarian when in these questions. But I think we should also realize that God and Empire kept these different communities uh, autonomous and existing with their identities, partly thanks to the fact that if there's a moderate social structures, and you had little interaction between these groups. For example, the, uh, the Kurds, the, they were in their community, and they didn't, freedom. there was no central education for them. There was no, between, until the modern times, until the 19th century. So when you go and open school in Damascus, which language that would be? That's a new question. So I think modernization creates these ties like railroads, telegraphs, education, bureaucracy, and what language that will be, how will it operate? That's a new question, uh, which was not there in the 16th century. So there is, so, so modernization unavoidably you know, brings these communities into each other, and you have to have some national, I think, uh, system. We always had a problem in the legal political systems they had. In the Fiona time, until the 19th century, there were different legal structures. Christians had to go to their own courts, their priests would take care of their issues. And Jews would, there, would deal in their legal issues with their rabbis. And Muslims would put this in church. It's a long time, but the more you had the more you had further interaction between these groups, it became increasingly complex. The more and the more you have a legal case between a Muslim and a Christian, a Christian and a Jew. So which court will you know, take care of that? I mean, that person became more and more problematic. And then that is why they had to get the secular law for I mean, based on the European idea, they reformed out of the laws and created a single uh, like it's the law or called agenda, which is called for all islands with regards to their fate. So I think it is in the nature of modernity to be somewhat super, you know, traditional identities. But I think there are different ways of things. There's an authoritarian way of trying to crush everything, 
and try to wipe it out of the friendship, of the micro-friendship. And then there is a there is this more, I think, liberal way in which you yes, create a national language, you teach Turkish people, but you don't go and ban Turkish. It is there, and if they want to advance Turkish language, so they can. But you also teach Turkish radios, if you say, you know, educate people who find jobs, and come and help So I think there's this, there are two extremes, and, uh, and but we can get some inspiration. Yeah, just very briefly, I think you're right. I think the crooks of matters uh, is is a modernity, right? Um, the only just to put a little gloss on this here and there. Even um, the even before the modern period, when the different groups had their own different law courts, when Muslims and Christians had uh, had uh, uh, had that sort of case between one another, that happened actually all the time. There was a lot of trade going on, and there was there are many instances where they would sort of decide between them, which would be and sometimes they would go to Christian courts. Sometimes the Christians actually preferred going to Muslim courts because. Uh, they would, be, they would get better, uh, better justice served there. But the real uh, problem is, I agree with you, comes during uh, when the Ottomans tried to modernize, when they tried to, to turn the Ottoman Empire into something resembling a European uh, state. The one, the, if I just one last thing on this, something you mentioned this morning is very, very important. In 1876, there was a constitutional revolution in the empire that established a the Ottoman Empire, the constitutional monarchy, and that lasted until 1878. And that was the constitution the Young Turks reinstituted in 1908. And in 1876, uh, one of the things I've, I've been interested in working with uh, on the subject, which I've been working there's actually a fair amount of evidence that even then, in that late, there were plenty of prisoners who were participating in the And it seemed to be quite a lot of it. It seemed like it was an attempt to create an equal day. Some Jewish leaders didn't like that because it gave brought new responsibilities like compulsory military service. They were happy to pay a little bit more taxes to stay away from them. And now they were equal and they were supposed to go to military. So some preferred the old ways, while some didn't like the old ways. Uh, yeah, I'd like to ask you, uh, sorry. I'd like to ask uh, about recent development with the current work of our and also the Beach Act, which encouraged Iranian architecture by Especially around the 
And there's always a new And so, assuming the Persian national government are always better, but that's the world in that way. And after Robert Perry, they are always all the time in the place government. And we know that Israel is good for a long time, way before we see it. Because we don't occur for some issues at least in the right country for religion and the government. So, the imagination was out there. And I'm going to try that just as well. And we all know that we're going to have a So, that's as we are, the people is actually less ambitious for Less how then do Yes, we see that. And especially when it's a new rate, correctly. It's kind of fact, less than other groups, you know, to get to deep And we're only surprised that we can find a and I told you the question is that in West we all are doing the case of church recognition for the US and it is possible, let's not argue that I have a Or it's not impossible for it's possible that some of the rubber have had to resolve the case active That's one reason why we have not had anymore and we can there. So but they might that they're hurting her and there's another group one single I 
city city for Europe, possibly by the city of uh, the infrastructure is over the big financial legislation and social compromise in Europe. Yeah, maybe not. I just want to talk about the end of 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 one thing it lasts to is like you had no authority to stick it down the sun. And you had all these crazy groups which can go out and issue my blood with all the right people. There's no authority which can say it's right or it's wrong. And I mean, now people say, like, the money is, is, is a, supposed to try to create a caliphate, and all these groups are like different groups that aspire to a caliphate. But the caliphate they have in mind. Is not what the Ottomans had. I mean, the Ottoman Caliphate, the most important Ottoman Caliphate in the last time was Sultan Abdul Hamid, which like went six years from 19, from 1876 to, to the end of the and 1908. And Sultan Abdul Hamid, and in the modern he brought in many new things in the empire, where he wrote telegraph, he brought in many schools and universities. Uh, and he actually helped the United States make peace with the Muslims of the Philippines when the U.S. was working there had problems in the area, before the war. And then so they came to Sultan Abu and said, Can you help us you know, make a deal with these Muslims here? And he did. He sent a letter to the Philippines. He said, hey, I'm a caliph. Don't fight with these Americans. They're not that people. Just keep hating. And it happened. So, Calvin. The caliph was also an authority that he could deal with, he could talk to, and you can ask him to, you know, help your problems, solve your problems, moments, and wherever you can get to that. It's gone. And I don't know whether it's even helpful or it might not be that helpful. Okay, so now more to, to Paul's question. Let's go back to uh, Christian, to the Christian's question earlier, because I think one of the interesting things that we're seeing in the case of Austria-Hungary or the Ottoman Empire in the 19th century is a change in, 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 in identity formation in, uh, in questions of, of self, self-described uh, and other described identity. So uh, something that we talked about a little bit before, but this, there is a change accompanying uh, the 19th century with importation of ideas like nationalism about who I am and what that what that entails. And one of the interesting questions I think about both the Ottoman and Habsburg empires is to look at the attempts they made to try to solve that question. Um, one one thing that actually I've, I've written on I wrote a short article about this was that the system of the Ottoman state sometimes called the left system, whereby each of these different organizations had the different religious religious groups had a great deal of autonomy. Uh, um, Karl Renner actually proposed something like that as a solution for the troubles of the Habsburg Empire, uh, just as it was kind of being initiated in the Ottoman Empire. Renner, uh, I think, under various pseudonyms, uh, said we should try something like this in the Habsburg state as well. In both cases, though, I think it goes back to your question because it comes down basically to a question of identity and also authority. Where authority lies in the, in the role of the state 
in a powerful centralizing state, something like the UN system, with its different sort of uh, multi-centric centers of law is, it can't work, right? But in a decentralized, decentralized state, um, it did work. And maybe just one thing, uh, I totally agree. And I think it's also related to centralization because in the Ottoman Empire, people, until the end of it, people identified themselves with their religion. Who are you? I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian. But now, who are you? Became I'm a Turk, I'm an Albanian, I'm a Kurd. And that rise of this national or ethnic identity brought the end of can I, can I just, yeah, yeah, all right. Yes, but isn't it correct, for instance, that even long before Pontifacts, you had a uh, monarchy, not only religious, but monarchy ethnic empire, and people were known uh, by their nationality. I mean, they would be referred to as be Croatian and Mehmet Ali or be Albanese, you know, be whatever, Armenian and so on. And they could reach, if they converted to the they could reach the highest position in the empire, become ministers and generals and, and so on. And after the Hansmat, they did no longer had to convert to Islam. And at the end of the empire, actually, I wonder if the Turks were not having a raw deal in the sense that all the major positions were held by people that were not ethnically Kurds. Exactly like in the Austro-Hasburg Empire, at the end of the empire, it was run by Hungarians more than by Austrians. So I don't know if I'm correct in saying this or, or, or not, but the ethnicity was very much part of individual identity, but yet everybody was a lot of them. Uh, I mean, uh, that's true. Uh, the thing is, the ethnicity was not denied, and people who could easily refer to their ethnicity, someone who would be a Kurdish Arab or an Albanian or a Croat or a Serb. But that was not how people were legally defined. So, in fact, right. legally you were defined as a Christian, I mean, an Armenian Christian. I mean, you would be defined as the church that you belonged to. You know, Armenian, you were a member of Armenian or Christian. you could be a Armenian Catholic Church, that was also one of the things. If you're a Muslim, you're a Muslim. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, so among Muslims, whether you are a Kurd, Arab, Albanian, Bali, whatever, it would only just you know, specify a European like, class, you're like from New York, it's like that to give you an identity, yes, but deeply losing one again. And, and it is true that Ottoman Empire was not a Turkish Empire per se, because the Ottoman elite was very multi ethnic. I mean, many Ottoman uh, sultans had Christian uh, wives. So, actually, so the, the, I mean, the son was the, you know, a very like a multicultural you know, child, and that being consulted. Today, that's, it's no accident that, that some harsh Turkish nationalists, some really Turkish racists, see the Ottoman Empire as a treason to Turkishness, <laughs> because it was not fully Turkish and makes Turkish blood. Government, which they can take into uh, And it's, and in today's in Turkey, in today's Turkey, there is a, there's a, a clash between the people who aspire to the Ottoman heritage and who are the Turkish nationalists. Turkish nationalists see anything that is not Turkish as alien, but people who think more of the Ottoman line 
think, oh, we'll be able to get our mortality and go to detail, why they need to So that still those mutations or this is can I just make one very brief follow-up to that? I think that the distinction here is really crucial between this uh, the, the sort of legally defined identity, which has nothing to do with ethnicity, and yet and this sort of, these monikers or nicknames that people sometimes have uh, alluding to some sort of ethnicity. The other thing that I might caution, uh, another caution on, on terms like ethnicity, is these are very mutable categories. Right, it's terms like Arab or Albanian or even Turk. What those things meant in what those terms meant in the 17th century are not necessarily what they mean to us today when we use term ethnic terms like that. Um, the final thing about ethnicity and nationalism in these in the Ulets, the crucial thing about the Ulets is not only that they're defined religiously as opposed to ethnically, whatever that means, uh, but that they were non-territorial. And that's also something that's crucial. They, uh, it, it was a person, a kind of personal legal system where a person, where law adhered to the individual person as opposed to to a territory. Uh, and that's why uh, in the post-Ottoman world, uh, the nationalists uh, faced so many problems, I mean, problems, self-better problems, because they were minorities, national settlements, national minorities. Living in certain islands all over the Ottoman successor states. That's one of the legacies of the Ottomans, uh, the Ottomans, who were able to maintain this model. So, just again, again, just a gloss on what you're Well, at the end of the I think this Ulysses is interesting because uh, it shows that Islam did not. At least forcefully, plan to convert Christians and Jews into Islam. Everybody in Islamic law accepted them as what they are. And interestingly, at the time, even before the Ottoman Empire, some Ottoman, some Islamic emirs, sultans, didn't like Christians to convert into Islam because they were getting into hacked in Texas. So, uh, so keeping them as what they are is okay. So just be there. And, Christian, live there and prosper in a national text and find And theologically, that was also theologically possible because Islam thought that it could be from those Whereas, like, paganism was not appropriate. And idolatry was the heresy, not appropriate. Christianity was except from the very beginning. And then the theological debates allowed the creation of such a relative. Thank you.